everybody. I'm Matt Valley, and welcome to another episode of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. Very excited for today's guest, AJ Kierens, who's currently the Vice President of Client Development at actually a really cool and innovative audience and data company called Disco, D-I-S-Q-O. Uh, and he's also the president-elect for the Insights Association of Greater New York. Now, AJ is familiar to many people in the market research industry, many of the listeners here today, because uh, he's long been uh, on the conference circuit in the industry, and he's always uh, seems to have been involved in some of the associations and, and taking a broader leadership role beyond his, his current profession. So uh, the cool thing about AJ is that before he got into the market research industry, he had a prior career as a radio DJ and a band manager and has lots of cool stories about that. And I'm excited to share it with this broader audience here. So welcome to the podcast, AJ. Thanks so much for, for having me, Matt. Uh, I really, uh, I think what you're doing is really unique and uh, exciting, especially in the uh, MRX space of podcasts, which can be a little hyper-competitive this is a really unique spin. I was really, uh, really excited to be in included in your, in your, you know, as part of it. Awesome. Well, it's only as unique and exciting as the guests. So <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. So, right. No, there's no pressure on me. You know, it's all about you here. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm used to being on the other side of the microphone. So this is, uh, this, this is all. Yeah. We'll see. That's all right. I, I mean, check out that sweet setup you've got. I'm super lo-fi, right? So I'm, uh, I'm doing it that way, but look at look at you. You're a total pro here. Uh, yeah, I, I say a face made for radio, and I uh, yeah, it's perfect. So we're <laughs> uh, we're definitely uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. All right, super cool. Well, uh, let's let's start with the professional side here, uh, AJ. So I love your story actually about how you got into market research. There's so many serendipitous stories about how people kind of fall into this space. I like yours, so uh, so why don't you share it with us? So I went to uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. Connecticut is a really uh, has a, a big hub for uh, market research, and which is which always was interesting to me. But my background, I went to Fairfield U. I studied uh, IT and marketing. So my first career out of college was a corporate trainer doing you know, IT training, Visual Basic, C Java, that kind of. That stuff. So in my in my heart of hearts, I'm really kind of a little little nerdy background. And we, we I was a corporate trainer. I was traveling around, but 21 year old AJ, you know, is a lot different than than we'll just say 40 plus AJ. And working 80 plus hours a week right out of school, you know, it just wasn't it wasn't a great fit. And my roommate worked at Survey Sampling International, and I would come home from these, you know, 15 hour days, and they would all be on the deck you know, having cocktails, listening to music. It just, it just seemed like a much cooler place to work. And so I, I, I asked them to, you know, take my resume and see what was available. Uh, they weren't uh, hiring in sales, which is what I do now. They were, they had opening in IT. And so first eight to 10 years of my career, I started was, uh, you know, I did websites, backend database and Unix. Uh, I did desktop support. And then eventually that evolved into, me kind of leading the the survey programming team for for North America, which was really uh, unique and unheard of at that time. So it it evolved from there. The last year or two, I realized that 
like salespeople do. You know, they were bringing uh, me on these client visits and client calls, and I could speak nerdy to the tech folks and you know speak programming language, speak to marketing and sales, and everybody kind of left happy. And I would notice that they were driving really nice cars, and you know, occasionally I'd get they'd take me out to lunch or you know leave a six pack on my desk, and so it kind of uh, <laughs> it got the it got the wheels turning that maybe, you know, maybe I was in the, the wrong space in the industry. And so uh, I, long story longer, uh, I was a company called Pure Profile from Australia reached out to me. And I thought it was one of those uh, hellish LinkedIn messages that, you know, <laughs> you connect with somebody and they write you, you know, a six, six page book to connect. And they said they were coming to the US and looking for operationally focused salespeople. And so that kind of touched on both of my uh, focuses and really where I try to, you know, differentiate myself. And uh, I've been on, you know, I've been on this side of the, the industry now for, for about 10 years. So it's a good, good 50, 50 split. Yeah, that's, that's great. You know, I love that. There's so many people in this space in business development roles uh, who have really started uh, on the technical side, right. Learning mm -hmm. the craft and learning how it works. And then, you know, once you, are in front of clients, you have that credibility because uh, you've done that job. So that's, I think that's a great story. Now let's hear about the other side. So mm -hmm. you've talked about survey sampling and kind of growing up there, but uh, I know you were in radio for a while. So, so yeah. let's hear it. So one of the cool things at Fairfield was they had a, a pretty small radio station and it was in the, the basement of one of our dorms. Uh, one of my, one of our, friends had a, a sports show and I just thought it was amazing. It wasn't very good, but it was awesome to me that they would give him, they would give him his own show. And so I remember I, you know, I asked him a lot of questions and one day I went to the station and, and signed up to get my own show and they just gave it to me. Right. They were looking for, you know, I think it was like a Friday morning at like 10 AM slot. So college, you know, Friday mornings, post Thursday night out wasn't really the thing they were trying to, I think we both filled Dangerous the void for the other. Yes. And so uh, it was a little foggy at times, but it was really a great experience. I did that for, for 10 years. I obviously, I wasn't in university for 10 years, but I eventually evolved. Um, the last you know, few years, I had a four hour slot. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I won best local radio personality a few times in the, in the, the local papers, which was really cool. And we had a pretty, cool. re pretty religious following. And, you know, I, I even like to say that's how I met my wife. She was a, she was a local and, you know, I was promoting the show on some message boards and, you know, we had a lot in common. And so uh, that's kind of how we, how we met. Yeah. What, what was the name of your show, by the way? It was called sharing in the groove, which uh, it comes from a, a lyric from a fish song. Uh, you know, uh, from the song called Weekapa Groove. And I would, I, I would play, I would usually start the show with uh, a version of, of that song uh, since I, that's to this day, still my favorite band. Okay, cool. Jam band. Yeah. So <laughs> I might've guessed by the shirt. Um, yeah. So, so I know we talked before and you, you shared with me how your uh, experience in radio kind of led to other things and connected you to certain bands. So tell us how that sort of evolved and worked. So, right. Yeah. So you think as they give you more time that, Oh, it's great. I can just play, you know, the music, but four hours became a, you know, a lot to fill. And so the last 
you know, a few years, I had an idea, uh, you know, since I became friends with different venues and, and, and bands to, to expand and we would give uh, the bands an hour that they could either come in and co-host or we do interviews and a lot of them would, would do live performances. And so there was a band from New Jersey that I connected with and liked what they were doing called Scarecrow Collection. And I invited them in and we really hit it off. And they said, well, you know, we have other people like you in the Connecticut area who are enjoying our music. Do you have any recommendations of where we should play? And so you know, I said, I'll reach out to Rich at the Acoustic Cafe or Jim over here. And eventually I just realized I started making these connections with people. Mm-hmm. And I finally, I don't, it was never planned. Uh, you know, most events aren't planned, but right. It was, uh, I was connecting them and putting them in touch. And finally I kind of said, you, you know, I'd be willing to help you guys. And so uh, that evolved into, yeah, and that evolved in me being a band manager. Um, thank you to Survey Sampling my early years. Uh, their copy machines were used many times for <laughs> uh, band promo and, and flyers. And so uh, it was kind of this duality. I would work my corporate, you know, nine to five, nine to six, and then drive to Boston or Philadelphia for our gig that night and, you know, be back at my desk, you know, uh, the next morning. So, yeah, it really, it was really great. I had a lot of great experiences from that. Cool, cool. So how did it all end, by the way? Or uh, unfortunately, or <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it was unfortunately it ended be, because uh, musicians, you know, they're they're more focused on the music and you know getting. It was like the MySpace days. Facebook hadn't really taken off, and so I was doing a lot, myself and the guitar player who, who's still one of my close friends this day. We're doing a lot of majority of the heavy lifting, and it just became it became too much. I ended up with a 18 passenger van that I bought. And you know, we, it was just, it, it was, it was, uh, it was an amicable ending. Uh, Nick left the, the States to go to New Zealand and work for Peter Jackson. And so it oh, was wow. kind of a cross. Yeah. It was kind of a crossroad of, you know, can we really tell him not to, to leave when he knows that he and I will still be doing, you know, 17 jobs within the, the organization. So. It was, uh, yeah, so it was a nice, it was a nice ending. You know, the band did get signed to a record deal and, you know, they're, you can listen to their album on Spotify and they were in heavy rotation on satellite radio. So it was, uh, it was definitely, it helped me become a better uh, salesperson and build better relationships. So it's really kind of the, the foundation of how I, you know, business development and, and solicit. All right, AJ, so, uh... You did that for a long time. Do you have a favorite story from those days, Scarecrow Collection or, or the radio days? Hmm, favorite. So the the most, yeah, obviously, we we you know, had the, the, we booked them in you know twenty five states around the country and almost you know over two hundred fifty shows, which is awesome. But because of that, I made some cool connections and uh, was able to work uh, an event at the Beacon Theater. Uh, the late uh, Arthur Lee of Love, he was really sick at the time. And so a lot of these world-class musicians were coming together to do a benefit. And a woman that I knew that was an agent in New York City, uh, Alicia Gallant, uh, invited me to come help her work this event. And so one of the cool experiences of that was getting to meet uh, Robert Plant. So that was really oh, cool. Yeah, it was we were at rehearsal in a, a rehearsal space in Manhattan 
and you know we're all standing there and somebody you know robert this is aj aj this is robert like i really needed to like like i didn't know who he was and so he was just shook my hand aj nice to meet you and you know went and rehearsed and then at the end of rehearsal everyone's kind of you know whispering and trying to figure out what kind of limo or, or car service or something to get them and i could just see him be, out of the corner of my eye like uh I don't really feel like waiting. That's not for me. So he just kind of, you know, Irish goodbyes and walks out the door and you could see through the window uh, that he just held a, a cab in Manhattan, you know, jumped into a, you know, a yellow taxi and, you know, drove off and he was back to, you know, back the next day for his set and, you know, hung out and, you know, we got to all sit on stage and, you know, watch him, watch him just kill it. It was great. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Super cool. It's, it's great to hear that Robert Plant is, even though a giant rock star is is uh, still just a regular guy too. <laughs> yeah, and the cool part was, you know, it was he he we the show was already booked and really ready to go, and he reached out and said he flew himself over from England, paid for everything himself, and just really had a lot of respect and appreciation for the work of Arthur Lee and Love, which was really just it was really cool. Cool, cool. Now, undoubtedly, you've taken some lessons from that experience and, and applied it into your uh, into your career in market research, particularly in the on the business development side. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So when you're when you're booking a band, obviously, you know the band is local, and you know people, you know, in this case, the the guys were from New Jersey. You know, they were known at a few local spots and what have you, but. As you're branching out, you're really trying to introduce somebody who has no idea, you know, about this band. You know, you do some legwork, you send them a, you know, a kit. Maybe a, you know, we make sampler CDs, and really a lot of soliciting. You know, trying to get get their interest in what you're doing, and then from there, you know, that if they're interested, you're not going to get the Friday, you know, headliner spot. You're probably going to get a Tuesday or Wednesday maybe the club has an open mic and they might feature you instead of getting the, the two songs everybody else gets, you might get three or four. And then you build, you know, you build trust. And so for me, that's always how I looked at it. I don't mind, I don't mind making cold calls. You know, I, I don't expect that a new uh, client is going to give me their, you know, 5,000 complete gen pop, you know, tracker, you know, right. Right, low incidence top off to, to earn that and really kind of, or earn their trust and, and build that trajectory. So for me, that's always sure. how I've approached it. People hang up on me or have in the past. It doesn't seem to happen as much. And uh, yeah, I would just call them back. You know, oh, sorry, we got disconnected, <laughs> uh, you know. But for me, it's really, uh, it's really just about building trust. And so that was the key for me because I would even book shows later on and bands who never played, maybe from the Midwest would come to Connecticut or New York and say, oh yeah, we can bring... 100 or 200 people and they, they would really want a, a bigger guarantee mm -hmm. and you might you they might dupe you the once but if you know they're a lot nine times out of ten you aren't going to book them again so right that's how i look at it yeah right cool so so now you you've actually spent uh, a good chunk of time in the market research industry and particularly you know so much on the sample side and it feels like so much has changed uh, over those years. Um, so do you have any any thoughts on what the future holds for market research or uh, the panel side of the business, et cetera? 
Yeah. Uh, for us, uh, you know, at Disco, one of our, our focuses obviously is on quality, but we also uh, really uh, have a unique offering, which was one of the main reasons I joined the company, which was <clears throat> uh, digital behavior. And so mm-hmm. uh, allowing, you know, we have uh, a large U.S. panel that allows us to track all of their activity, you know, online from searches to media consumptions to actual purchases uh, behind, you know, walled gardens, mm-hmm. their, you know, things like if they're prime members or what ads they, they saw before they actually, you know, purchased that, which, which isn't a moon landing offering, but the way we do it is with a transparent and respectful way. Uh, there have been a lot of issues in, in that space in the past where people were, were being tracked without their, their knowledge. And so sure. we're really almost, you know, overtly, you know, very redundant, you know, this is what we're going to do. Here's how you can opt out of it. You know, we're, we'll be tracking this. This is how you'll be treated. So I mm-hmm. think still going back old school with really customer focus and, you know, white glove respect, but using new technologies to, to, to collect, capture data. Cause a lot of us, especially now in, in the COVID era, time seems to be, you know, infinite you're not really sure what day of the week it is and you know what you did last week versus you know three months ago so people aren't trying to be malicious they just really kind of all blends together so you're not sure if you purchased something on amazon this week or you know 90 days ago it kind of all blurs together so it really allows us to to have to to really see see with uh with with much success Uh, that's great uh it's great to hear that uh you're taking a very transparent approach with the participants who are like gold in this industry, right? Right. Uh, so now they're they're providing so much more information beyond just their opinions. Um, you know, they're they're telling us, they're allowing us to see what they're doing, uh, and you're doing it in a transparent way. Super cool stuff. Yeah. Great. Great. Uh, so so tell me about other podcasts or other media that you find interesting or useful right now. So right now, I think. Uh... In the MR uh, space, there's a few that I really like. Uh, the, the Ride podcast, and I've been following that pre-religiously. Uh, Adam Jolly and Adam Dietrich do that, mm-hmm. um, especially during, uh, you know, around the election, there's been a really heavy focus on, you know, polling and kind of, uh, in a nice way, like dumbing it down to make it, you know, make it understandable and see what's going on and, and trends, as well as a focus on technology, which I really like that. Um, uh, Priscilla McKinney does uh, Ponderings in the Perch, which is a, is a really great one, as well as uh, Seema uh, does uh, Data Guru. So those are kind of my top three um, industry-wide podcasts. And then a special kind of uh, honorable mention to my, you know, my friend Jamie in Brazil, who does the Happy Market Research podcast. So those are kind of my quad four that I go back to. And then uh, Music-wise, there's there's a, a media group called Osiris Media, and they really it ranges from uh, David Crosby, you know, hosting stuff to uh, Fish or Grateful Dead, or you know, using musicians to kind of tell their story. I think one of the one of the a musician from the Disco Biscuits does like a fantasy football podcast. So really, kind of all over all over the uh, you know all over the the gamut. So. Oh. I used to listen to more podcasts when I would travel more. So I think I've really sure. had to make a, make a point to do that. And then selflessly, I, I do, I host my own uh, podcast called the 16 ounce canvas. 
Cool, cool. Well, uh, I'll produce some links uh, to the ones that you mentioned. I'm glad that you called out some of the industry podcasts because there's a lot of good stuff out there right now. So, yeah. uh, so very cool. All right. So I know you've seen one or two of these uh, before. Uh, so you know what's coming here. Uh, yeah. I don't want to make any assumptions, but you know, I see your shirt and I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, what's coming. So desert island disc, you're stranded on a desert island. Yeah. You have three records that'll carry you out for the rest of your days of your choice. What oh, are they? <laughs> we've talked about this, man, every time. Yeah. The, the, the buildup, I probably, this probably changes for me daily because I think <laughs> what, I think I try to paint these pictures of what the island would be like. And what am I doing? And yeah, what's going on? So, uh, the one that always I like, come back to, and Matt Matt's mentioned it. I'm wearing my you know, Grateful Dead shirt. Is um, I think American American Beauty by the Grateful Dead. I think it's mm -hmm. one of the greatest albums of all time. I mean, you and people will think of the Grateful Dead, but this is really kind of a you know Americana. You know, it has some nice picking on there, and I really just think it's a personal album for us. You know, when my son was born. Uh, he was a preemie and we kind of lived in the hospital for a while and that that album was on repeat so it when i hear the song ripple it kind of it gets me on multiple levels um cool the the raconteurs and this is one that's probably changed a few times but uh the uh consolers of the lonely album i figured i needed something with a little edge to it and it yeah was, i didn't think rage against machine really fit, fit like a fit uh an island vibe and so that's one <laughs> and then um and this is probably this is my audible i would say maybe um the beastie boys with uh paul's boutique i really very nice excellent come to, yeah i've come to appreciate that uh even more in the last few years uh just kind of stripping apart all the samples and watching their, they have a live kind of documentary that's out now that's really shows like how amazing that really album really is over the test of time. So like, yeah, if you asked me tomorrow, I'd probably have, you know, three different albums, but, or two different. I think American Beauty will always, will always be on there. Very cool. I think that's actually the second time Paul's Boutique has come up. So very cool. Yeah, that was my audible. Before we were talking, it wasn't. And I was like, man, that album is so good. Yeah. All right, cool. Awesome. Well, this has been a great chat, AJ. I really appreciate your time. Uh, you know, taking out from your own busy schedule. So uh, it's been a great chat and I, I really appreciate it. So uh, let's stay in touch. Let's talk soon. And of course, rock and roll, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Like I said, you're doing something really great and unique. And uh, yeah, I think people are gonna really going to dig it. So thanks for all you do. All right, cool. Thanks. Thanks, AJ. Right, See ya. Thanks.